0: Matthew, yeah.
1: what's home a line guy? Ah. I'm reviewing here! <laughs> Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of I'm Revealing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time, It's been a weird week. Like, this would have been a good week for therapy, but I don't have it for another two weeks. Yeah, it's really weird. I had a weird dream last night. So you know when I still know what you did last summer in 1998 where Jennifer Love Hewitt's character Julie uh, goes tanning in that tanning bed, and then the fisherman comes, and he just miraculously has this, like, lock and locks her in, and he's like, boo. And she's like, no, help. I had a dream last night that it was that scene and then the camera zoomed in again and again, further and further in. And then it was, it was Julie and um, Ray, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character, having sex, reverse cowgirl style, in the tanning bed. What? And then in the next scene, she's on the phone talking to Carla, played by Brandy. <laughs> What does it all mean? I don't know. I mean, that scene was like kind of like a sexual awakening for me as a kid. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I mean, like any kid who grew up in the nineties. Like, yeah. I mean, she was like my, like my like imaginary wife. But yeah, I don't know. The the sex in the tanning bed though, that would hurt so much. That would be so freaking painful. I don't get it. Yeah, it's been weird. But I've also um, been on like a weird Terminator craze right now. And I don't really know why. It's not like I was ever really a big Terminator fan. I just got really into them again. They're so friggin' badass. The first Terminator is on Max. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I think I I'm into it again because I remember the first time I saw the Terminator, I wanted to be Kyle Reese so badly. Michael Bean, I think it's how you say his name. That that actor who plays him. Like, because He's so badass in the movie, and I think as a kid, I was like, I want to be that, you know, like, I want to be young and good looking and wear sweatpants and a sleeveless shirt and this really sexy looking jacket and get a machine gun and <laughs> to evil robots, you know, not of people. But like, wouldn't that be so cool? Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to do that. You know, I have a similar jacket to his, but it, it's uh it's much more um colony. It's not really Kyore But um yeah, oh my god, so good. And Terminator 3, too. I saw that movie first when I was a kid. But anyway, today's movie there are no robots. There are there are guns, sort of, but um you don't really like see a lot of them. Yeah, today's movie's a little unusual. It's it's uh it's a little out there. Uh, I'm very curious to talk about it because I think this happens sometimes where I don't like a movie. But then when I start talking about it in my head, I'm like, eh, actually, I like it a bit more. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Today, I'm going to be reviewing the life and death of Colonel Blimp.
0: How dare you! Get out of here, sir, you and your gang of awful militia gangsters! Get out! Popeye. sir. guard this man. Stuffy, sir. go to the cubicles, find which is General Wynne Candys. You'll find a brown pigskin case there. Bring it. Yes, sir. But you can't do that. The, the code is in that case. The whole exercise will be a farce if you have that code. Oh, no, sir. This is going to be the real oh. thing, sir. But war starts at midnight. Oh, yes, you say war starts at midnight. How do you know the enemy says so too? My dear fellow, that was agreed, wasn't it? Agreed, my foot. How many agreements have been kept by the enemy since this war started? We agree to keep to the rules of the game and they go on kicking us in the pants. When I joined the army, the only agreement I entered into was to defend my country by every means at my disposal, not only by the National Sporting Club rules, but by every means that have existed since Cain slugged Abel. Stop it. Don't we know that they're counting on us to keep to the rules? Stop that it! That they openly boast about it? That they laugh Stop at us? Stop it! Lieutenant. Watson, or whatever your name is, you are not in Hyde Park with an audience of loafers. I am Major General Wynne Candy. These other gentlemen have all seen service, distinguished service with the British Army. All I can say, sir, that when Napoleon said that an army marched on its stomach. I better stop, sir.
1: Yes, you can stop now. <laughs> There's no trailer for this movie. Okay, the life and death of Colonel Blump. Oi, they. Uh. Okay, so this is another movie by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. If you remember episodes back, I think it was like the third or fourth episode, I reviewed one of their movies called A Canterbury Tale. Uh, they, were very, they were a very famous directing duo from England. Like they were like the Steven Spielbergs of UK British history. You know, like they just everyone anyone who's British and loves movies knows Powell and Pressburger, you know? So I talked a little bit about them in, in a Canterbury Tale, but I honestly don't remember because that was like decades ago. But um I, I've 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 come to I'm I I think I've come to appreciate them a bit more right now because they really are impressive filmmakers because they seem to really do things on their own. You know, it's it seems like they it seems like watching their movies it's it doesn't feel like there was any pressure from studios to make them traditional, you know? Does that make any sense? What what I'm trying to say is this. Look, the the life and death of Colonel Blimp, it's a it's a strange movie. It's a very giddy, like comical, almost like Sherlock Holmes-y kind of like, like uh slapsticky kind of war comedy. And I was not expecting that. Well, I, I call me stupid. I thought Colonel Blimp was a real World War II veteran. (laughs) Uh, So I kept Googling that and like nothing was coming up. And eventually I found out that, uh, no, Colonel Blimp was just a comic book character that Powell and Pressburger just decided to name the movie after. But why? I don't know. I don't get that. You know, I think that's kind of one of the strange things about, uh, the movie because, you know, the, the movie has nothing to do with that comic book, in my opinion. Um, it, it's just it's 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 a war movie. It came out in 1943, so you got to remember World War II was already going on right now. It's filmed in amazing Technicolor. I didn't, you would not for a second believe that this movie came out in the 40s. I mean, it is that impressive and and colorful to look at. But it surprised me in a lot of ways. I think the reason I sound like I don't like it is because I was quite bored with it. I, I hate to admit, and also. It's a long ass movie it's over t- it's it's uh almost three hours long and it's a lot of talking it's just a lot of talking it's talking juxtaposed with like really quirky kind of like moments that are meant to make you kind of like chortle you know but but uh it's just strange it's a strange movie it's a very strange movie and i I apologize if I sound like i'm like I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about because I honestly, this movie stayed with me for days and I think all these days later I still don't really know how to describe it in, in a weird way, you know, because I expected one movie and I got the polar opposite. I expected this big epic war drama and what I got instead was a very long and... and uh just bizarre kind of comedy in a way, you know? A comedy also starring actors that... One act one actor who plays duplicate roles, which I'll get to, and I did not know that f- at all. I don't know if I'm just being ignorant, but I, because I don't know the actress that well, but, uh, you know, that threw me for a whirl, and I think the story just threw me for a whirl, and I think just by the time it ended, I couldn't really understand how some people think this is one of, you know, I've said this before, is this one of the greatest movies of all time? I don't really think it is. Um, It's not a bad movie, but people love it. All these years later, Martin Scorsese, I mean, he like loves everything, but you know, he's called this movie a masterpiece. In 2013, the Atlantic uh, not the ocean, the, the newspaper, they called it uh, the greatest greatest British movie of all time. Well, greatest British, greatest British. It's kind of hard to say. They called it the greatest British movie of all time. And I think all these years later, yeah, kind of like what I said, I think people are calling it a very brave movie. I think in the way it depicts the war while the war was going on, that's really interesting. Now that also gave it, um, made it a little controversial. Winston Churchill Hated this movie. He actually tried to get it banned. He thought it was a quote-unquote threat uh, to, you know, the war that was going on, which is pretty... I can actually kind of see it, though, you know? I can see it in this movie. Well, okay, before I get into that, because I, got, I gotta I got tell you what this movie's about so that you'll, under, you'll understand... You know, how it relates to the war and everything. So basically, yeah, it's a big epic movie. No, there's no character named Colonel Blimp in it. Uh, The main character is this guy named Lieutenant Clive Wynn-Candy. He's played by this actor named Roger Livesey. Livesey starred in a a few other Powell and Pressburger movies as well. But... The movie basically follows his life. It follows him and his work, his uh, his life during three big wars that the UK was involved in: the, the Boer War, is that how you say it? B O E R, the Boer War, the uh, the World War One and World War Two. So when the movie kicks off, we see. Uh, wait, is he a lieutenant or a general? I don't general. He's a major. Yeah, is he a major general? General. I don't know. He's a soldier. Whatever. He he's in charge of. of other people <laughs> okay so when this movie starts off livsy he's like unrecognizable i thought i did not know that this was livsy apparently this is livsy just in like a lot of makeup and it's really well done but uh the war world war Two, is basically uh yeah it, it's it, it's happening and we see candy he is hanging out at this turkish bath and all of a sudden, this other character kind of comes into the picture. He's this young guy named uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Spud Wilson. He's played very goofily by this actor named, um, oh, my God, I just had it up. Where would it go? That's what she said. Spud Wilson. Oh, James, McKen- Mac- James McKechnie. Mc- McKechnie, yeah, I think that's how you say his name. I don't recognize him. Anyway, he is, like, chasing his girlfriend, and she's, like, hiding from him, and I don't really know what's going on, if it's kind of like they're, like, joking around, but Spud is looking after Candy. He wants Candy. He, um, tells him that... He keeps telling him that the war is going to start at midnight. It's going to start at midnight, and he crashes, uh, you know, it, uh, the Turkish bath and everything. That's the clip that you just heard, and, um... Candy's like, "What are you talking about? I don't believe you." You know, and he tries to get away and then they they fall in the, in the bath and they're like <laughs> like wrestling, but Spud's like smiling while this is going on. And then this is a really cool shot. So the camera, you'll see this too, that if you um I can put this clip in the show notes, but the camera, you know, they're 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 fighting in this pool, but it's like not like a serious scene at all. You know, it's like meant to be comical. The camera kind of starts to uh, pan a little bit further down this bath so that Candy and and everybody are, are out of frame, and then we find out, and then the movie transitions into a flashback, and then like you see the old Candy, the you know, young younger Candy come into the frame. It's a really impressive shot. You don't really see that I feel like in a lot of movies back then, you know? So, I mean, I really, I'll i give credit to Powell and Pressburger. I'll, I'll give credit to them for all their movies, too. There's another one of their movies coming up next week that uh, I have to review. That uh, surprise was also very bizarre and not at all what I expected. But anyway, so we're now in a flashback. Uh, the Boer War just happened. Now, the Boer War was basically this horrible war that happened between... Uh, the British and South Africa. Now, it wasn't South Africa yet. I think it was the, um, yeah, it was the South African Republic. This happened in the late, right at the end of the 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, Candy, like I said, so it's Livesey again, the actor. He's young now. He's this young, pretty friendly guy. uh, And he's, you know, at the top of his game. He's just won the Victoria Cross and he's kind of just doing his thing, and thing. And then one day he gets a letter from this woman played by Deborah Kerr. Car- no, sc- excuse me, Deborah Carr. That's how you say her name. It's K E R R, but that always confuses me. For all my life, I thought it was Deborah Kerr. But she's most famous for *The King and I*. Uh, she did a bunch of move a whole bunch of movies back in the day. So Edith is. Uh, Played by car and she, he gets this letter from her. She's working in Berlin, and he she tells him that there's this guy who is spreading all of this awful propaganda that's that is against the British, uh, all about the war that that just happened, you know. And he's saying all these things that, you know, like the British had these concentration camps for uh, South Africans, and and uh, she tells him that she really wants to bring this to his attention because she wants, you know, the British, the, the soldiers and the embassy and everybody to come and, and stop this guy. So, um, he goes on now. That's, that's an interesting scene too, because, uh, that really did happen. They really did. I don't mean to get dark for a second, but you know, they really did have concentration camps for them. And I think that's kind of a unique thing about this movie is how it really does, Address like these real issues that the u k either didn't want to face or you know knew what they 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 knew what happened, but they didn't really want to talk about it. you know what i'm you know what I'm saying, so I don't know that was pretty cool. I think that kind of adds to just the the weirdness of this movie because it's like this is what confused me like does candy know that there actually were concentration camps because if he did know, then does that make him like a bad guy, and that's why he doesn't want? germany to to um you know release this shocking scathing you know news about the 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 great British you know so it was a little it was a little bit confusing but uh, I was a little bit confused but anyway this guy's name too his name is uh kal uh i keep wanting to say catnip, but uh candy goes to Berlin and he meets with edith um and the the Germans are there, and candy accidentally Offends the Germans at the, they're at this like cafe there and um, there's this big brawl that that kind of breaks out and then they decide that okay well this is bad now we have to have a duel okay I can't say it duel is it duel or du- duel duel D U E L have to have a duel so they pick um candy and then they pick this other german guy this guy named theo kretschmar schuldorf and i'm not going to call him that for the whole interview or the whole interview the whole podcast um he's he's just theo he's played very uh well by this actor named anton walbrook so they go to have this duel and you know what a duel is you get out the gun and boom whoever dies first is i mean they're it's like really terrifying but again this movie is not like serious at all. So you know, they go and they both survive, and then there's this really weird moment where uh, uh, Edith goes to visit Candy, and he's like covered head to toe in bandages, and he is like, sig- she's talking to him, and she's asking these questions, and he's sn- signaling to her with his hands, and it's like very, it's very cartoonish, you know. I literally watched that scene and just went, "Huh?" Like, I. <laughs> I did not understand it. I was again just another example of of uh, the the unexpected ways, the unexpected routes that this movie takes. So it's a little you can kind of tell that Candy has a bit of a crush on Edith, and he go he's kind of getting you. You feel like he's going to go and tell her soon that he has feelings for her, but then out of nowhere, um. She comes to him and Theo's with her and she says, she says, I don't actually love you, uh, Candy. I am actually in love with Theo. Theo? The German? They, there, there's, there's a thing going on there. They're both in love with each other. Where did that come from? And Candy kind of feigns, you know, excitement because he's deep down. You can tell he's a little heartbroken, but you know, that's just another unexpected scene that I did not expect to happen at all but anyway that happens (laughs) so yeah that happens and also like uh Edith isn't really like a tease but you kind of expected her to love Candy and confess that she loved Candy but you know again the movie's unpredictable doesn't go that route I keep saying route is it route or route Anyway, okay, so that's, like, part one of the movie. We're already, like, an hour and a half into the movie, I feel like. But we're now into the Second War. We're, or, I'm sorry, no, we're into the Second War of Candy's life, which is the First World War. You know what that is. It was between the British and the Germans, blah, 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 blah. Um, he is now a brigadier general. And this time, Candy, uh, you know, the war... Just ended. Basically, it's 1918, and when did? Yeah, 1918 is is yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. There's a lot of history in this movie, guys. That I I I'm not very good with with remembering all this history. I take as many notes as I can. But anyway, one day he meets um this nurse. Her name is Barbara, and she's played by Deborah Car- Deborah Carr again. I did not know this when I first watched the movie. I had to go back and I was like flabbergasted. I did not know that at all. And what is very apparent though, and this is just my bad because I don't know, I don't know how I get this, but rewatching it, I was like, wait, she actually does look really similar to Edith, but she's much younger than him this time, you know, because years have passed. So he's, he's older now. Um, But despite that, there's a connection. They get married uh, a year passes and uh, Candy finds Theo at a prisoner of war camp uh in uh where were it, where was it? Derbyshire 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 I think is how you say it. And um at first Theo is like very um like antisocial and like acts like he doesn't really like Candy and like they weren't pals cuz you got to you got to remember too Candy and Theo after their duel they became like buddies, you know? shocking but now it's world war one so it's like frowned upon to befriend a german you know so um anyway theo again kind of just changes his mind and then goes back and actually um you know is like oh yeah like we're friends again we're friends again it's all good (laughs) okay so uh all right, no hard feelings, you know? So they're friends again, and then Barbara dies, and then, okay, I'm just skipping to the end of this movie now. It's now the Second World War, um, and it's, like, you know, kind of, like, in the early stages of it. Um, We learn more that Theo... uh, We learn a little bit more about Theo, and we find out that uh, Edith died. Um, Edith wanted him to move to England before the war started, but... Uh, He didn't want to, and then she died, which is, like, really, really tragic. Um, And then, again, Deborah Carr comes in as another character. So this time... Uh, and it's not Candy this time. This time it's Theo who meets this, this uh, other Deborah Carr look-alike woman. She is, um, her name is Angela, quote unquote, Johnny Cannon. I don't know why her middle name is Johnny. But she's an MTC driver. And these were real people. The, uh, it was called, MTC stands for Mechanized Transport Corps, Cor, excuse me, C-O-R-P-S. And they were basically just female drivers during the war. It was actually like an organization of drivers uh, and... Yeah, they would just take people around, um help out help out with ambulances and everything like that during the war. And again this time instead of Candy being like kind of amazed by how much Angela resembles his his own love, you know, who's now dead, he he's he's surprised by that again, you know. So then we go to the beginning of this movie, remember how this movie started with the Turkish bath and the crazy guy Spud? So we find out that uh, Spud's girlfriend is Angela. Um, and And again, like I said at the beginning, you know, he wants to go and warn Candy and he wants Candy's help you know, because this war is about to start and Angela doesn't want him to tell him and they like chase around. And there's a moment where Spud falls and all these other soldiers run in and they're like, is he alive? And he's not moving. And then he gets up and he's like, yeah, I'm good, whatever. And then I, the way this movie ends too, is it ends very unusually. It kind of ends out of nowhere too. Uh, He is at this lake. He is with um, Angela. I, if I remember, correctly i can't remember though because Carr played like three different people in this movie but um you know he says something like along the lines of all these years have happened you know like i've gone through all these wars and he still hasn't changed and we we kind of find out too that he had told barbara remember barbara from world war one um he had told her that he wouldn't change until his house got flooded and he would say, quote unquote, this is a lake. And now he's at that point where he's staring at a lake and he says the same thing. I would never change. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, that's the end. of That's the life and death of Colonel Blimp. Um, I did my best to really describe this movie, but it, it, it's a doozy. It, it really is a strange movie. I didn't even know this too. There was even a moment where they they referenced the Wizard of Oz, like the movie The Wizard of Oz. So okay, what do I have to say about this movie? All right. It could have been shorter. It could have been a little bit I don't mind that it was a very goofy little like war comedy. That just, again, threw me for a loop. I did not expect that. So I think that's why I was a little taken, not a little, very taken aback by this movie. The more I think about it, I think in retrospect, you know, it's, it is a very brave movie. I think the fact that this is a movie, a British movie released during the war about a British guy who befriends a German is a really big deal, you know? And I think, The great thing about this movie, too, is just it's simple originality, you know, I think that's the best thing. I think that's why Powell and Pressburger are, are growing on me a little bit, because they really were like one of a kind filmmakers, you know, with their stories. Their stories were just so creative, you know. And even though I was very confused by this movie, again, I don't get why it's called Colonel Blimp. I don't, you know, it's. I think like there are just so many things in this movie where the directors kind of just say, "Oh, well, we're supposed to do this, but we're going to do it a different way, and it's not going to make total sense, but whatever, we'll just do it," you know. And I think what they've created overall is a very, a very interesting movie in the way it depicts. It kind of takes the war genre. And twists it in all these different directions, and makes for for one very long, occasionally tedious, occasionally kind of quite boring war epic. That is just it gets you thinking. It really, really does. I think the fact that Deborah Carr is playing multiple characters that's a big deal. I feel I, I think the fact that Livsey you know is like in makeup as old Candy at the beginning and end of the movie, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a, there's a lot of things I think to take into consideration. Do I recommend this movie? I'm going to say no, just because I think that there are much better movies on this list. Very simple answer. Um, Do I recommend you watch a Powell and Pressburger movie? Absolutely. A hundred percent. If you're American, especially uh, go watch one of their movies because, I can't wrap my head around them, really. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just still really discovering them. I'm discovering their style and the way they did their movies, you know? And I'm very, I'm not like amazed so far, but I'm very amused. I'm ama I'm amused, but not, I said that backwards. I'm amused, but not amazed, you know? I guess I'll end with this note. What is the moral of the life and death of Colonel Blimp? Uh, probably... I mean, war is futile? That's kind of like a boring moral, though. I I guess the real moral is... Yeah, you can kind of... You can add comedy to anything. No, that's not really a good moral. I guess the moral is you can befriend your enemies. No, that's a worse moral. Oh, God, no. Don't take my word on that. Okay, I think the moral to this movie is... I, Matt Bussey, do not know the moral to this movie. (laughs) That's the moral to this movie. Yeah, this movie, it's a head-scratcher. The moral of this movie is that it is a head-scratcher, and it's a lot to take in, and I did not understand it. I'm glad I watched it. I don't know if I'd ever watch it again, though. I think if it was much shorter, I would definitely give it another try. But for now, no. I'd rather watch, uh, I think I'm going to go watch, I still don't know what you did last summer now. Yeah. God, that was a weird dream. And that's the end of the episode. You made it. You're alive. Ah! I'm so happy for you, and I hope I didn't annoy you too much. And if I did annoy you, I don't really care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes are weekly, usually Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe on YouTube. New episodes air the same day they do as on the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here, or you can follow me personally at Mabussie. It's my last name. It's not funny. Don't laugh. All right. Bye-bye.